Hello and welcome back to Women Are Talking. This is Pam, your host. I'm very excited to continue a conversation or, uh, yeah, a conversation um, that I talked about recently um, on the podcast about how are our children doing, you know, during the, the COVID pandemic um, as students, how are they doing, you know, mentally and how they are doing, you know, educationally. And um, as you all know, uh you know, the, the school system pretty much across the country, all over globally, whatever, um, had to, you know, cease, you know, teaching physically in school because of the pandemic, because of COVID-19. And uh, so we're coming up on uh, one year of it, March of 2020, um, which which is when it started. We're coming up on it March 2021. So um, I was talking to a friend of mine who had expressed some concerns regarding her son, um, regarding, you know, the isolation piece um, around how kids are just feeling isolated um, because they are not connected to what they have always known is, you know, being in school with their peers, having the teacher in the classroom. And she had to make a conscious decision to uh, send him back into the classroom. Now she lives in the state of, you know, Virginia. And of course, I guess uh, every county has different uh, protocols. Um, But I invited her to come on to the podcast this evening to just kind of talk about uh, her son's experience and what was the driving force to, you know, specifically for her to bring him back into, or to, you know, bring him back into the classroom. Um, and I'm pretty sure that parents across the country are having are in the same dilemma. Um, also, what brings about um, is uh, I was looking at uh, doing some research regarding um, youth suicides and how they have been um, on the rise and have spiked in specific states. Um, I'm looking at a um, so an article in CNN, um, CNN Health article by Jen Christensen, um, dated September 22nd of 2020. And the crux of her, you know, article was that school closings have been linked to increase in depression and suicide um, amongst, you know, kids in school. And that's, you know, that this was last, this was in September of 2020. Um, I also, you know, was reading an article by the New York Times um, by Erica Green and this one was just January 24th, a couple days ago um, of 2021. And she's talking about the surge of student um, suicides pushes Las Vegas schools um, to reopen. Um, one of the largest school systems, uh, one of the top five, I believe, in the country um, to reopen because of the rise in mental health emergencies and suicide rates. Um, it has taken its toll um, on kids, school-age kids, and just, you know, teenagers or whatever. Um, it, it is just the whole lockdown of the pandemic is just taking its toll. And she quoted a parent who uh, quoted um, in regards to her son. And she says, and I quote, he felt disconnected, said a mother of a 14-year-old freshman in Vegas who expressed suicidal thoughts And she goes on to quote that he felt left behind, um, end quote. So kids are feeling, 
you know, kids are struggling. They are feeling, you know, that isolation, that social isolation, which is so, so, so important, especially to those kids who have not, uh, you know, you have children that are, have been homeschooled from kindergarten. Um, so I think, you know, being educated at home, it's, it's no different for them because they've they're used to being, you know, homeschooled. And I'm sure that they do co-ops where they get together with other kids. So, you know, I'll take that back. Maybe, you know, that has hammered them, but, but to be in school, you know, and that's all, you know, from kindergarten on whatever, and all of a sudden that stops and there's no end in sight in terms of, you know, how we're going to go back. When are we going to go back? And there, you know, there's been just this big national debate national debate um, regarding when should schools open. And I was talking to uh, my husband and and my uh, youngest daughter today about this. And I mean, my personal thing is, okay, we we are coming up on a year. Um, The pandemic, you know, is, is still here, right? So what are we to do? You know, do we begin to operate in the new normal. Um, and whether that is, I'm sure some areas have, or I know some areas have a hybrid, uh, doing the hybrid class thing, um, where you, you, you go to school for a certain amount of time or whatever. And then you're home. I mean, um, if I'm wrong, I apologize. I don't have any school age children, but um, I know the state that I live in is, or the county that I live in is getting ready to do that pretty soon. So, you know, how do we, how do we get our kids back to school safely? Um, what do we need to do? We know that we cannot do it um, the way that it has been done, you know, in the past. Um, we know that we have to make, uh, that there has to be different protocols and different safety um, measures put in place we know we can't have 25 kids in a classroom where, you know, you have that in certain school districts. Um, we know we can't have children just, you know, in the lunchroom at large amounts um, or even on the bus, the school bus. So it, it's a lot. It, I mean, just that aspect gives me a headache. So the poor, you know, just the poor kids the and, and you know, and parents. Oh, my goodness. And teachers, <laughs> teachers. You all rock. You already rocked in the beginning, but you all rock because you are doing the best darn job and you have taken your level of teaching uh, to a whole new level. And thank goodness that the children, kids of this generation um, have grown up in a technological society. So, you know, uh, I, I, I know that, you know, being on the computer doing what you want to do is one thing when you're playing but I absolutely having to get up and, you know, sit and in a you know Google classroom or however it's set up. That is a lot. And uh, big ups to all of our, you know, teachers and, and, and those out there um, educating our children. I just, you know, I, that's all you can say. Um, but I do want to say is I, and I've talked about and given this information, um, on my, on my podcast before. And for those of you who are listening, whether, you know, what I'm saying is, you know, uh, and I'm talking about suicide, um, 
And if you know someone, even you, if you're your child, even you yourself, or you know some, you know, one that is having some difficulties, please, please um, provide the national Yeah, I want to make sure that this information is given out or, you know, that it is, you know, taken very seriously. The National Suicide Prevention Lifeline is available if you or you know someone that is having some difficulty or may be in crisis. And that number is 1-800-273-8255. Or you can um, text HOME to the crisis text hotline to home, H-O-M-E, to 741741. And if you believe that a youth is in immediate risk or at immediate risk um, of suicide, call 911, okay? Um, because this is, you know, just, just, you know, if you talk about just the pandemic alone and you talk about just the whole stuff from uh, the, the whole year, um, and just in uncertainty, adults and children alike are just, um, you know, it's just a, it's just a, a very difficult time and, and we have to take care of each other. Um, I am going to get um, my guest on the line. So if you guys can hang on with me for a couple seconds, we're going to get Stacy on the line and we're going to talk to her about her experience with her child and um, that, again, she decided to send him back, to send him to school. Um, and I will talk about what was, what was her deciding factors or red flags or whatever, what, what, uh, brought her to make that decision for her son. We'll be back shortly. Well, hello, Stacy. How are you? I am wonderful. How are you? I am. I'm good. Thank you so much for calling in and um, being on this on my uh, podcast regarding COVID and education and how is that going with with kids? And um, I, I started talking about uh, some of the there's been reports of, you know, child child suicides. Um Mm-hmm. in specific areas one being Las Vegas um, mm-hmm. where they've seen a spike and just recently um, it's been um, brought to the attention um, Portland Oregon and I'm sure that there are probably others but those were the two that I could find whereas kids are struggling with this social isolation of mm-hmm. being uh, you know educated you know at home virtually um, with no plan of of an end in sight. Um, so I asked Stacy, um, you know, listeners, to come on um, to talk about um, her son, who she had to make the conscious decision to send back to school because he was struggling um, with just doing, you know, virtual school, which is something that no kid is used to, and they had to like get used to it, and. Um, you know, so how, how, talk, talk to me about how that happened for you. Like what, what was going on that you had to, you had to make that decision? So, uh, first, let me just say that like everybody else in March of 2019, 
uh, my company decided to uh, close the office doors and send all of us home. Mm -hmm. Uh, I supported that decision at the time in light of the pandemic and the spread. Um, And in uh, reality, I still support that decision. Ultimately, what happened after March was not only did my company uh, send us home, but they decided that we would work 100% remote from March okay. uh, going forward. So I'm permanently working from my home office. Okay. My kids uh, were still going to school in March initially when we got shut down mm-hmm. and we lived in a different county. Um, and then we went virtual about three weeks, four weeks after um my uh, my company uh, decided that we were going to be 100% uh, remote. So mm-hmm. they started a new school year, um, which was another stressor uh, because mm-hmm. we moved and I bought a house. We moved to a new area. They didn't know anybody. Yeah. Uh, and uh, they were starting school virtually. So I have tremendous empathy and I probably would not have changed what I did in terms of the move because it was the right decision for Mm -hmm. us in terms of uh, long-term planning and affordability. Yeah. What I will say is the additional stressor for my kids was starting a new school year in a new school system where Mm -hmm. they did not know anybody. Right. Which is so important. Uh, socialization is very, very important. Mm-hmm. We moved to a development. Uh, we live in a fairly big development, but they didn't know anybody. Mm-hmm. And because of the pandemic, they weren't seeing a lot of kids outside. Right. Um, uh, they could still talk to their friends uh, by uh, FaceTime or or, uh, or uh, through uh, um, text, but didn't get to see anybody didn't get to hug anybody right um and you know i have boys i think you know my kids can handle anything they're rough and tumble Mm -hmm. and i think sometimes we forget how hard we know how hard it is for us emotionally to be confronted with the challenges that we have to face on a daily basis right but we don't think about it in terms of how hard it is for them Mm -hmm. uh because we grew up we all have this mentality that, you know, kids are going to look back on this period of time, most kids, or we look back on the period of time when we were kids thinking, God, I would pay anything to go back to that time mm-hmm. where it was stress-free and I didn't have to worry about bills and right. didn't have to deal with work and da-da-da-da-da. Our kids will have a completely different, different outlook of yep. pandemic. Mm-hmm. It'll be one that they remember uh, one day they were going to school, they were seeing their friends, they were going to parties, they were doing fun things. Mm -hmm. And then the very next day they were told they couldn't do any of that. Right. Not only could it potentially make them sick, but they could potentially die. Mm -hmm. That's a pretty weighty weighty burden to to deal with. And not to even mention after school extracurricular activities like sports exactly exactly Um, that stopped and it's still stopped (laughs) and 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 it's still stopped for many kids now i will say that i have noticed that some of the northern virginia school systems and uh social clubs continued uh with uh baseball i have a friend who lives in Loudoun, Loudoun County, and her kids played baseball all spring and summer. Okay. I don't know how they did it. Right. I think part of it was that it was an outdoor activity, mm-hmm. and 
and much of it was social distance so they didn't have to worry about it not right. like being indoors right so I think that was key but I it just amazed me that they continue to do it so back to how my son got um to be uh reporting to school on site now first before you before you ask answer that question so you live in a county where there is uh and i'm hoping i'm using the correct language the it's hybrid school and then and then virtual school at home like you all have a choice yeah okay so well what i will say is though that's that's new it was initially a hundred percent virtual okay um, we were we started out in august we were a hundred percent virtual um Gratefully, Stafford County noticed that some schools, uh, some kids were struggling. Mm-hmm. Uh, the county has a program for English as a sec- second language. They have a program for um, for uh, uh, special needs kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, and those kids were allowed to return um, to the school uh, because there were so few of them. Right. I mean, the student body at large, we were talking about maybe 10, 15% of the population. Mm-hmm. So those kids got to re- report to school. Um, and uh, that went fine. Safely, everything went well. Mm-hmm. Distance protocols still had the mask, still had hand washing, all of that temperature checks. Right. Uh, within two months of when school started, they noticed that some of the kids were struggling additionally. And I noticed that my kids were struggling. Um, as I said, I'm working 100% full-time at from my home office. Um, and while my uh, my work doesn't require that I have a lot of physical demands because I'm mostly on the computer writing all day mm-hmm. uh, and talking on the phone and doing Zoom calls, um, mentally, it takes quite a bit out of me, yeah. especially when I've got to, you know, be uh, a full-time employee, a full-time mom, uh, a teacher, teacher, tutor, um, um, yeah. and all of right. It, 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 you know, my concern as a single mom was keeping a roof over my head and keeping my kids healthy. Mm-hmm. I did as much as I could to try to make sure that they got their work done, that they got up on time, that, like. But I can tell you that I'm hardly the only parent who found the stress of having to police the kids mm-hmm. uh, up with their assignments. Because keep in mind, kids have lost their motivation at this point. Yeah. Social is one of the big benefits of school. Yep. They don't have. Um, and they're also seeing mounting stress and, stress and pressures in their households. Now, to God be the glory, we have not had to deal with that because I kept my job and I'm we're doing well. Mm-hmm. But there are a lot of kids, bottom line, who live in a home with one or both parents mm-hmm. who don't have So those parents are under stress right. and those kids are living in the home with the parent who is under stress. Mm-hmm. Um, so that takes a mental toll on them as well. It um, never dawned on me really that uh, that my my kids would struggle but as I was checking the grade uh, grade book and communicating by email with the teachers my younger son in particular was not logging into his classes mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so that actually resulted in me in my county getting a truancy notice from the school system saying hey your kid is not coming to school wow wow so um well, imagine my embarrassment about that because I'm mm-hmm. trusting that 
every day. I'm downstairs working in my office. A lot of times I just knock on the door, wake them up. I'm trusting that they're log in, logging in and they're not doing it mm-hmm. and checking their grade book. So the principal of my middle school uh, son's uh, school actually said to me, we're piloting a program where we allow some of the kids to come report to the school. Now, they still don't have a teacher in school. What they have is a monitor, okay. but they have a person who is in the room with them and monitors them as they log on for their class. Are you okay with that? He said, sign me up. Mm, okay. And he immediately did better. Mm-hmm. Immediately. It was... Mm-hmm. Im- so while I, of course, as a parent, want my kids to be as safe as possible when it comes to uh, this pandemic... Mm-hmm tell you that I feel like um, I feel like uh, the school system has done a good uh, a good job with ensuring that the kids are kept safe mm-hmm. yeah and uh, they he ends his uh, his uh, you know internet cafe experience uh, this week and in the week of February 9th he starts uh uh, all of the kids in Stafford County will start a hybrid model where two days okay. a week they're in school and two days a week they're um, at home. If they choose. Now, the parents can still keep some of the kids the kids at home. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have chosen, I have elected to send my kids to school twice a week. Okay. Um, I want to believe that that is the right dis- decision, mm-hmm. but I don't know. Yeah. I mean... <laughs> Socially, I I think, and I don't have, you know, school age, but I I think about, you know, what I would do. And I think, you know, we're coming up on on a year, March of 2020. Mm -hmm. And we have got to, as a country, as states or whatever, counties, we've got to come to a decision, a protocol of how to move forward in this this new normal. Um, Mm -hmm. How can we safely get kids back to school you know, is it the older kids who are a little bit more responsible in terms of, you know, washing hands, wearing the mat, you know, that as opposed to the lower grades, you know, kindergarten, first, second, maybe even third grade, um, pre-K, they may need to be supervised a little bit more. But I don't know. I just think that they need to, it, it, it needs to be worked out in some way because we're not, they're, we're not getting out of this, this deep doo-doo anytime soon. And, yeah, I agree. Um, you know, how do we save these kids? And just like, I like what you said, two days a week at school and then two days at home. So they're getting the, the best of both worlds. They're at least allowing being allowed to go to school twice a week, you know, to yeah. physically do what they have done since they began going to school. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's important. You know, I think uh, that uh, that there has to I understand the tremendous um, uh, amount of caution that uh, that uh, parents want to take in light of the pandemic um, you know totally get that mm-hmm. uh, I am still uh, nervous about yeah. my kids uh, being in um, in school uh, especially since 
more kids are being offered that opportunity to do that kind of hybrid model. And at this point, I don't know what percentage of kids have chosen to do that model. Mm -hmm. It's quite possible that a high percentage of kids have chosen to do that model. Mm -hmm. If that is the case, that might make me rethink my decision to send them back for the higher And because that that increase in the number of kids who are physically in that building Mm -hmm. also increases the exposure that the potential exposure they have yeah uh to the possibility of uh catching uh the virus yeah i will say in 100 transparency that i actually tested positive for covid in december wow okay uh i have absolutely no idea how um how i contracted covid uh i can say that um I had exposure to one uh, to two people that I know for sure tested positive for COVID. One of them tested positive after the last time I saw her, mm. and uh, the other one uh, tested positive shortly before I found out I was positive. Wow. I'm grateful, uh, Pam, that um, my symptoms were mild. Mm-hmm. Uh, and currently I'm experiencing no sim- symptoms. When I found out I was COVID-, COVID positive, it was December 19th. Wow. I had symptoms uh, for roughly three weeks. Uh, it was mostly scratchy throat, uh, body aches for two, maybe three days, mm-hmm. um, uh, a cough, uh, and some fatigue. I never had a fever. Mm-hmm. I didn't have the worst of the simple symptoms. I say all that to say that um, I don't, mm. again, to this day, know how I how managed to contract COVID. Wow. Uh, and I have read because, you know, I'm a data wonk and I read a lot. <laughs> you do. Um uh, I have read that it is entirely possible that children are actually super spreaders of COVID. Mm. Like they're not likely to get sick with it, but they are likely to be carriers of, um, of, the, virus. of the virus. And a lot of people wrongly assume because they don't have symptoms that they're not positive. Mm-hmm. But I've talked to so many people, including my sisters, who have said, my, my oldest sister uh, also recently got diagnosed with COVID and mm. she told me, I didn't have any symptoms, so it shocked me to find out that I uh, was COVID positive. Wow. And I think a lot of people wrongly assume that they don't have COVID just because they don't have symptoms. And so people are doing things that are dangerous. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I um, have been tested twice only because you just, like what you just said, you don't have to have the symptoms. Um, to not get a positive result. So, you know, whether I'm paranoid or whatever, you know, I'm like, we, I'm just going to get tested. Um, thank God, you know, it's been negative, but that's the sca- That's the whole scary part about COVID is that you don't know. Yeah, um, it's absolutely true. And I don't think at this point there's any intention to have the kids, any of the kids uh, tested. Because, Pam, I tested positive for COVID, I took my kids to have them tested. Mm -hmm. Thankfully, they both tested negative. Right. Uh, And I got to tell you, as teenage boys, keeping them isolated from me is not uh, a big lift because they prefer to be away from me anyway. Right. (laughs) So they're up in their room secluded most of the time anyway. But when I... 
uh, found out I was positive, I started wearing a mask inside the house mm-hmm. and was very careful to not let them touch me, not let, we don't share a bathroom. So I did all the stuff that they say that you should do to avoid getting your kids exposed. Mm-hmm. And gratefully, they, they, they never tested positive. So what made you go? You, what made you go and get tested? Uh, uh, to be honest, uh, again, there, there was a person that I knew, um, a really good friend of mine who tested positive and I had been, you know, near this person and, um, you know, so, you know, he said to me, Hey, you know, guess what? (laughs) (laughs) And I said, what? Mm -hmm. And he said, um, on a hum, uh, on a humble, uh, I hate it when people say that, by the way, mm-hmm. on a humble, I did, 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 did. Yeah. Um, so anyway, he said on a whim, essentially, I went to have a COVID test because it was free. They were giving him an out. Da, 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 da. So I went to have this test and guess what? I'm COVID positive. Wow. And my jaw hit the floor because I knew that I had been around him. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so this was on a Thursday. Now, ironically, uh, well, let me back up a little bit. He he actually told me on a Monday that he he, he had was, had the test. Right. He would have the test. He got the results on Thursday. So I knew on Monday that he thought that there was, you know, he was like, hey, I went to get this test. Uh, I'll let you know. He was like, I don't really have any symptoms, but, you know, my body aches. And so, so for me, I'm thinking, well, hell, you're a 53-year-old man. And yeah. A body ache is a kind of generic symptom and well that could I mean I wouldn't I'm just you know not worried at this point right uh so that happened on a Monday so that Thursday I had to you know go visit my mom and I went to visit my mom and I stopped to get gas in my car and I was like wow I'm just having chills and and I was thinking you know well maybe I put too much product in my hair and my hair is still damp and mm-hmm. it's cold out here da, 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 da. didn't pay it any mind that same day later in the evening was when he called me to tell me that he tested positive and mm-hmm. then I started like I didn't you know, I handled it well because I didn't like verbally go off, but um, but also I was very worried um, yeah. when he told me that. So I tried that night to get a test and of course that didn't happen because it was after six o'clock and long story short, it took me uh, two days, uh, well really uh, a little bit less than two days to get to a place where I could get a test and it took them another uh, let's see three days to get back to me with the uh, results with the results Mm -hmm. wow so Uh, any antibiotics or anything like that or you just waited it out I just waited it out because um so I did a telemedicine appointment with um my primary care physician's office and I said to them hey listen I just wanted to call you guys and let you know that I you know tested positive for COVID right now I feel fine but I wanted to you know alert you guys to the fact that I tested positive and I you know I here's what I feel um and the doctor that I talked to was not the the, my normal uh doctor uh uh but uh was also very comforting uh Mm -hmm. and he said to me um you know Thanks for letting us know. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to get some vitamin C. I want you to take a thousand milligrams of vitamin C every day. 
Uh, and, I, and I had asked him on the call if he could also renew my prescription for vitamin D mm-hmm. uh, because my primary care physician will routinely uh, uh, get me a script for vitamin D because I'm always low. Always low, yeah. Um, and, and everybody so, probably is because, you know, no one's out really. Exactly. And, yeah. you know, that tends to be something that's fairly common in Black people anyway. Yeah. So, um, so um I asked him to also write me a script for vitamin D. So um, he said, listen, um, if you feel feverish, you can take something for the fever, fever, just monitor your symptoms and call us if um, if uh, you feel worse mm-hmm. or go to the emergency room if you have trouble breathing, da 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 da. Um, I'm grateful that um, my, uh, my symptoms, uh, again, were mild. Uh, and I feel so blessed, so extraordinarily blessed that um, they were, um, because I realized that not a lot of, uh, that there are people who lost their lives. To yeah. This so. Yeah. Wow. So over Christmas, you were quarantining. Yeah. And really. uh, over Christmas, I was quarantining. And, you know, that the odd thing was that I had planned a little small um, get together just with a couple of my girlfriends. And uh, my friend had said to me, well, you know, you don't know the results yet. Maybe you should have it. I was like, nope, mm-hmm. listen, mm-hmm. I'm not gambling with anybody. Mm-hmm. So I would not want anybody to gam- ga- uh, gamble with mine. Yeah. So I had, uh, when when I found out that this person had been exposed to the virus, I, um, you know, uh, this was on a Thursday and, and my little, you know, small girlfriends gathering was on a Saturday. I uh, texted my friends uh, on Thursday night and I said, hey, listen, I just thought I should let you guys know that I'm going to have to cancel our little get together um, because I took a COVID test today and because I'm not sure of the results, I'm not going to risk it yeah. for you guys. Yeah. So, and they were understanding that. I mean, you kind of have to you be have in to that be. situation. You have to um, be. Yeah. I think uh, truthfully, and this is not um, any kind of, you know, self-congratulatory kind of thing, but I wish more people would just out of an abundance of caution not do things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, this group that I was talking about, it was only like, I think it was only four or five of my friends and, you mm-hmm. know, we were hardly going to be sitting on top of each other. Um, right. Because, you know, I have plenty of space, but I just wish that more people would, out of an abundance of caution and consideration, not gather, not get together. And and you see these sad stories about when people do that. And is when, when it happens. happens. When people have done that, thinking mm-hmm. we're all fine, or we took a COVID test two days ago and everybody was negative, that everything is copacetic. Mm-hmm. And, you know, until you absolutely know, or until you get the... Uh, get the get the uh vaccine results you can't you can't i mean i so you get the results right if if, if you don't have the results it's kind of like um uh that the, the nearest thing that i could think of it is because you don't know uh whether or right. not if you thought if you're a woman who's trying to get pregnant and you think there's a remote chance that you could be pregnant you're not going to drink alcohol right I mean, if you've been exposed to somebody who has COVID and you know that you're not going there's to... a remote chance that you could have COVID. So mm-hmm. you don't want to put anybody else in danger. And that's how I looked at it. Yeah. So... And that's, that's, I mean, that's smart. I mean, 
I would hope the the average smart person would look at it that way. But obviously, people are still uh, just, you know, taking matters into their own hands and, and just not even thinking about that. I mean, it was tough over the holidays for us in terms of, you know, generally... I mean, it's you know my our first time back in the area as you know and uh, missed many Christmas family Christmas dinners and, t- and gatherings and things of that nature and you know everybody chose to just stay in their their own little bubble um, just because you know yeah we're family but that doesn't mean anything and um, I think if more people will do that you know the the flatter that that curve, if you will, whatever they talk about with that curve, will will flatten. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And there's, oh. a, you know, there's a percentage of people that just uh, literally are not going to do right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, um, and we know why, and that, I know that's not the topic of our podcast. It is not why, but we know why. <laughs> and that sometimes I do throw in those little d- zings, is because it was politicized. And so because of that, when you, uh, uh, I don't even know if you are when, 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 to, when you take, yeah, if you are prone to, to, uh, conspiracy theory, like mm-hmm. things, mm-hmm. um, it, it just runs with you. And I've always said, you know, just over, what are we over 400, 400,000 or whatever? I don't know what the number yep. is as of today. Like how do you ex- how do you even explain how do you explain that like how do you explain people dying like globally not just within the United States but globally how do you explain that so you know and that's the unfortunate thing about this uh this this whole this whole year yeah is, is because of that and I think that if if that was not politicized in that way we probably would be a little bit further along um than we are currently right now yeah i mean i absolutely agree and you know and but but so keep in mind uh the positive and the negative of being in uh, a democratic republic uh like the united states is that people know that they have certain rights and freedoms mm-hmm. um, and uh, good or bad, they tend to kind of operate in a selfish, yeah. uh, uh, you know, kind of uh, uh, illusion of, you know, absolute right uh, mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. go wherever they want and do, do whatever, whatever they want, they want. do, uh, yeah. do yeah. without having to have requirements and stipulations. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's a very selfish, you know, kind of mentality yeah. mm-hmm. um, if you think about it. Um, and uh, so what I try to do with my kids, again, it, you know, coming back to how this uh, impacts them is, you know, I mentioned the, the fact that my kids had to leave their friends um, when we moved. And, right. you know, they had to come to a new school system, a new neighborhood, da 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 And so my younger son... Uh, the social butterfly, um, <laughs> you know, has had, uh, you know, invitations to different things. And, you know, honestly, I don't know why he continues to ask me to do things because <laughs> no, it isn't yeah. going to be the answer. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, he doesn't get it. 
you know uh so i mean it's hard because you want him to be able to experience a somewhat normal life but at right. the same time we're not in normal times we're not in normal so, times yeah and it's, uh, it's just unfair uh unfortunate um and it I, mean, is. I just my heart goes out to kids yeah. parents teachers so, gosh teachers and when i think about it that when i think about it from the standpoint of how how do you as a parent make sure that your kid is okay mm-hmm. so I'm not pretending to be an expert but mm-hmm. I'll, I'll tell you here's what I'm doing okay. personally I tell my kids every single day that I love them yes uh, it seems like a simple thing to do but mm-hmm. sometimes when you're dealing with everything every other stressor there is in the universe mm-hmm. it's hard mm-hmm. to remember mm-hmm to tell your kid that you love them. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and and in transparency, Pam, you know that I told you that my oldest son told me the other day. It's all, all I think about is grades. I don't care yeah. anything about their mental health. And yeah. it shook me. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because I realized that it's probably what it sounds like to him. Yeah. And so I said, okay, you have to do a better job of communicating what you really mean and what your concern really is and let him know that you know that he's going to try his best. Right. So uh, my oldest son had a really big, um, he's in the finance and economics class this year. He had a really big uh, test uh, the other day for his uh, finance and economics uh, test Mm -hmm. uh, class. He's, as a student, he struggles a lot sometimes. It's mostly because he's not really that disciplined. So um, it's it, it's not a cognitive issue. It yeah. is organization. And yeah. Discipline now, and he's eighth grade, correct? No, he's 11th grade. Oh, the oldest. Yeah, the oldest. Oh, my gosh. Oh, okay. yeah. The youngest one is in eighth grade. The oldest one is in 11th grade. So anyway, he had this big economic test the other day. And I was like so worried that he was not going to do well. And I know lately he's been trying really hard and I've been trying to encourage him. So I'm at my computer sitting down at my desk on uh, today is Thursday on Tuesday. And I hear him clap his hands and start running out downstairs. (laughs) He was so happy that Mm. his economics, like he had like a little final test and he passed it. And not only that, but, you know, there was like a basic score that he had it, uh, to get. And he just kind of blew the basic score out of the water. Good. And then the very next day he had to take an SOL. And I was worried again that he wasn't going to do well on it because he never does well on standardized tests. And da, 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 da. he blew that out of the water. Good. So and um, you, what do you think that is? Do you think that he knows that mom has my back? Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, I, you know honestly, uh, Pam, I, you know, like I, some, I, I have always kind of thought that my kids know that I have them back. I mean, I think what helps is just trying, me just trying to make a conscious effort to know that, listen, your grades are important, but what matters to me is your mental health. Yeah. How are you doing? Yeah. Are you are you struggling anywhere? Is there anything that I can do to help? Right. And you know, sometimes when I say that to my oldest son, he's like, "Oh my God, I can't believe you're saying that." Because first of all, he'll tell me all the time that I'm the most sarcastic person that he knows. <laughs> and 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 you know, I'm all about the love, but he is right. I am absolutely sarcastic. 
so I uh, have to remember now to temper some of that for for them so that, that it's not perceived as being mean or unthoughtful um, uh, when I'm trying to be sarcastic. Because that's just, you know, I, I'm not trying to be unkind. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so uh, I, I think the big mind shift for him was recognizing that mom really does care about me and not just my, about my grades. Yeah. Yeah. And the fact that he said you care about my my grades more than my mental health is that he is listening. He, you know, kids have that access to social media. They have access to all that stuff. And, you know, he's he's no dummy. He knows what's being said about this this whole thing and 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 how it's affecting kids and you know what I mean? So I think he may have said that to you just to, as a, a connection, like, with, you know, and, you know, he's a boy, so he's not going to say, you know, mom, uh, just, you know, uh, I'm feeling uh, sad or I'm feeling, he, I think it was just a check-in with you. Um, and that's the way he, he was able to do it. I don't know, but. Um, yeah, but was, I mean, it just, you know, honestly, it shook me and it, um, it just, it made me kind of stop at my tracks and go, wow, um, I can't believe that's what he thinks about me. Yeah. They, they do make you stop in your tracks though, right? Uh-huh. And I, but I think that that's, <laughs> I think that's a good thing because, you know, uh, parenting is, doesn't come with an instruction book and neither is how to raise children comes with an instruction book, but, um, understanding that we all make mistakes as parents and having children again in this era they a lot of them are smarter than we think um to check us to check us um i think that's a good thing you know i I absolutely think it's a good thing but you know the, the, the other thing that we have to remember and and about you know parenting especially parenting school-age children in this age of COVID, is that we also have to give ourselves a little a little bit of grace. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Listen, and, and you have to try to be good uh, to your temple. And when I say be good to your temple, mm-hmm. I mean your body. Yes. You know, in the middle of this pandemic, when I first got home, uh, I was depressed. Mm-hmm. Um, I was drinking too much. <laughs> I was eating all the wrong food. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and Pam, I got to tell you, like from March until maybe June, I gained 15 pounds because, mm. you know, yeah, I was I was comfort mm-hmm. eating, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and uh, I was like, OK, listen, your pants had very little room in the first place. OK, <laughs> <laughs> so and wait, you wait, can't afford to, to buy people. new clothes and a house. So I'm going to need. You're gonna need to stop. This is me talking to myself. You're gonna yeah. need to stop eating, right? Because you're not gonna have anything to wear. You're gonna have to walk around naked until you buy this house, and, right? And, unless you stop eating. Mm-hmm. So not only did I um, give myself that little pep talk, but I decided uh, because getting healthier is uh, much better than the alternative. To mm-hmm. actually sign up with a personal trainer, who's one of my line sisters, Stephanie White. Okay. Um, uh, and I worked with her from July until uh, maybe about two two weeks ago, and lost eh, 26, 27 pounds, something you like go. that. Oh, 
awesome. I, I lost the 15 pounds that I gained in a couple of months and then some. Mm-hmm. But it was mostly making that conscious effort to be better to my temple. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, that's not always easy because when we're under stress, we turn to our easy comforters, mm-hmm. you know, which, you know, a glass of wine or three. Yeah. Uh, a yeah. half a bag of potato chips and just binge watching whatever makes us right. feel good. Right. Um, right. But then, you know, that has consequences too. So it's just remembering to give yourself a little bit of grace. And mm-hmm. then if you went, if and when you feel better about yourself, about the direction of things, you can, I mean, that comes out in how you respond to everything else. Yeah. Yeah. Because if you're not good, nothing else is going to be good. Yeah. You don't take care of you and be selfish, especially as a, as a mom. You know, um, if we don't take care of us first um, and take care of us, period, you know, how can we take care of anyone else and do the things that we need to do to, to keep going? You know, it's, and, all, um, it's all what I tell what I tell everybody else is like, you know, when they tell you on the plane that you got to put your mask on first, you got to put your mask on first, take care mm-hmm. of you. Mm-hmm. And then you can take care of the person that's next to you or, mm-hmm. you know, beside you. You got mm-hmm. to, you got to do what you need to do to be in the right mental and physical health to, to, um, to carry forward. And then, you know, it costs nothing absolutely nothing to check in with your kids and check in with people that you love on a regular basis even if it's just uh, a phone call or a text message and you know um, the reality is that we all know someone and a lot of us love someone who um, lost a relative or friend uh, to COVID Yeah. yeah Uh, or to, to other causes, you know, right. in the midst of this pandemic, yes, uh, hundreds of thousands of people have, have died as a result of COVID, but, mm-hmm. you know, uh, people have died for circumstances that are unrelated to COVID. You know, yeah. you just got to uh, try to do your best to soldier on, but to also put yourself in the right mental space and be, be uh, be uh, a person of compassion you know, everybody yeah. going through something is absolutely true. We're all going through the biggest thing that we've ever had to live through in our yeah, in our lifetime. Yeah, in our lifetime. Um, and 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 not only us as adults, but again, our, our kids. Mm-hmm. And and imagine, <laughs> you know, we know we're having a tough time. Imagine how how much imagine how it is for them. It's for them, and yeah, like I said, you know, we can look back on our childhood and be like, boy, we had nothing to worry about. It was like, nothing. Uh, I don't even remember. You know, I mean, they talked about. I mean, you know, it was. I just remember running under my desk in elementary school because of a uh, uh, the drills, right? The drills. Uh, yeah. You remember that, like. I remember. Yeah, like okay, you know, a, you know, in the hallway with your hands over your head, like you know, that that's all I remember. Yeah, and you know, I mean, but yeah. these kids won't have that experience there. They don't. They don't have that experience, and and you know, they again, they have access to. And I'm talking about the teens, the older kid, the kiddos. Um, and the younger ones do too but you know you kind of want to censor a lot of things but they have access to so many so much more than you know 
than what in the, from when the World Wide Web came was a thing back in oh, what ninety five absolutely ninety six when it first came and it I mean and then at that point it still wasn't what it is today um, and I say that because uh, and I know we have we have we have solved the school problem with COVID. We're talking about parenting, but that's okay. That's what a podcast is about. You just go with the flow. But um, one of the things that we discovered was, you know, during this uh, political season um, that we had a lot of uh, things to talk about with our young adult children regarding politics Mm -hmm. that really opened our eyes because they grew up being told this is who you are going to go for. This mm-hmm. is who you're going to go for. This is who you're going to go for. This is who you're going to go for. And, um, you know, they, that some of them had some different views. Uh, not bad, but just different views of things. And, and that's because of the access to so much, so many things on social media and on the internet that they can read. That they, it's just, it's crazy. Yeah, um, um, but uh, you know, you know, your that your assessment, Pam, is spot on, and I say that because you know me, you know how um, engaged I am with politics, and mm-hmm. you know, I'm I'm really a daughter of pop culture. I love all of that. I'm a news junkie, all of that, and so I watch these programs, um, and I was, you know. 24-7 live with CNN when the insurrection happened. Mm. Um, and I, my son also said to me, Mom, can you turn that off? Mm. He was done. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like, and it keeps coming for you. And at some point, you just have to say, you know what? Um, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I gotta listen. I know. So I I can take in that stuff, but I'm mm-hmm. conscious now to not spend a lot of time when mm-hmm. the kids are around taking in mm-hmm. that stuff. Mm-hmm. There's some of it that you can digest and understand and some of them they don't. But listen, I didn't have yeah. to explain Donald Trump to them um, because they watched him every day. They knew who he was. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, and politics mm-hmm. in general, they show very little interest in, but when they do, we talk about things. Right. And, and, and the fact that when I was, I mean, I don't know, when I was little, younger, high school, mm-hmm. even college, were you that politically uh, connected? You know, the only thing, um, Al and I were talking about uh, recently that in college, the the more the most politically connected we was was when Jesse Jackson came to VSU. You remember that? Yeah, I do. When he was that. running for president, and you know, it was like, okay, who's this guy? I mean, we, <laughs> yeah. So uh, I, I think things have happened uh, politically, uh, you know, over the years. Um, I guess maybe it started in 2008 with President Obama um, when we as black folk woke up um, and then it just never stopped. It, it really just never stopped. At least that's I think when I started paying attention, honestly, was during that time, because yeah. prior to that, it, you know, it was like, OK, who's running? And okay, so what? Not like I am paying attention um, now, which is, you know, sadly, I think things happen for a reason for you to pay attention. 
mm-hmm. um, whether we want to like what happened, what has happened. But I, I think this is all a, a you know, a, a plan and this is what was supposed to happen. I don't know. That's just me. But um, yeah, it, it's just been a year. Uh, it's been a heck of a year. <laughs> it has just been a heck of a year. And I think January 20th, um, uh, was it 20th or 21st when um, Biden was uh, sworn in? 20th. Uh, 20th, yeah. I, it was a sense of like, yeah. Like, okay. Like, it was a big sigh of relief. It was a big sigh of relief because we just, the whole year, the well, no, four years, excuse me, um, has been a holding of breath. Where do I go and run to hide, to avoid whatever the hell that's getting ready to happen? I mean, and that's just my, that's, that was my experience with the whole, just, you know, but January 20th was like, you know, like, okay, okay. <laughs> let's, yeah. Now let's get us out of this, 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 you know, uh, we are falling into the deep abyss of hell. Let, you know, let's, let's, how do we move forward from here? So, um, and I, even gotten to the point where I don't give a crap if you you're Democrat, Republican, Libertarian, Independent, whatever the hell, it had become for me a, a, a thing of right versus wrong and integrity versus none, character versus what is what is your you know yeah it had become that and it's like my goodness what else what else what else so. <laughs> I am glad where we are and I and I pray that you know this administration you know that we can we can uh, become what I believe um, America stands for and should be Um, but things had to happen for us to begin to address that those yeah things and I mean from it. you know this phrase forming a more perfect union is something that all yeah. of us should keep in mind you know right. um I think a lot of people in this kind of um hyperbolistic bubble uh think that America was perfect um and it, and, huh. and in fact may have been perfect for some of those people who think that it was perfect Mm-hmm. Um, but you and I know better. We know America has always had flaws and um, yeah. the design of the founders, if you want to go back to that, was that we form a more perfect, perfect union, union and that would be continuous. Yeah. It wasn't, we start the United States and, you know, we essentially just carry on with our rituals and practices and um, and governance as outlined just in this constitution. Well, there's a reason why it was amended as many times yeah. as it was. Um, and some things that exist uh, should not continue to be perpetuated just because there's a history of doing that. So yeah. consciously, you yeah. have to have people and we have to um, be uh, focused on the business of electing people who want to move the ball forward. Exactly. Exactly. Because it's like enough. It's like, I think I mentioned something on Facebook about, you remember the, the, the movie The Help when Viola Davis said to the the, the woman you know ain't you tired right, right. <laughs> like, ain't you, like ain't you tired like ain't y'all tired like come on but uh no they're not tired and so 
which is you know why we are in this this where we are and and, and, and um, you know what phrase i always come back to this because um i feel like this uh you know tremendous you know kind of political upheaval and racial unrest that we're going through in this country is all the result of you know uh the majority white population um uh adopting this mentality that well, I mean, what do these people do? These people of color, I mean, what, I mean, they're going to overtake the population. And, you know, I Mm -hmm. think there's this great fear in this country, a lot of white people Mm -hmm. that um, black people are going to start treating them the way that we uh, were treated by them and their ancestors. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the Mm -hmm. biggest problem that we confront as they look at the demographic changes. And so that if you're in this space where you see that, um, you know, people are waking up to the unfairness and inequity that exists in the system for people of color and they want to mm-hmm. right some of those wrongs. Um, and we saw that with a, with a, a Black Lives Matter protest over, over the summer. Yeah. People have had enough of uh, police brutality mm-hmm. and killings of, uh, of unarmed Black, mostly Black men, but also women. Yeah. People like have women. had yeah. enough and they're seeing mm-hmm. all of this and, you know, white people waking up to wokeness like it's not right. What in it's the not world? Right, it's not uh, right. For, that this right. should uh, continue to be exactly. perpetuated because it's always right. it existed. So if you're in that percentage of the population that um, is witnessing uh, this, this uh, you know, confrontation, if you will, of you know, the racial ills of the past and you're hearing that you've got to make it right. Mm-hmm. There there are some people in that population that even are like, wait a minute, now I'm oppressed. Because when yeah. you're accustomed to privilege, equality feels like oppression. Yeah. Yeah. And that's all it is. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Or that we may become, you know, if we're not uh, continually, you know, either, you know, uh, killed, unjustified, or if we are um, continuing to go through the pipeline to prison um, and not, you know, soar economically, um, if if those things happen, then oh my goodness. Oh my but also, what conversely, Pam, if a system, if our political and economic system um, addresses all that is wrong that happens to us as a result of systemic racism, racism these policies and practices and uh, legislative measures and uh, judicial uh, 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 measures and uh, law enforcement uh uh, mechanisms that actively stifle the rights of Black uh, people and the ability of Black people to advance uh, economically. Uh, mm-hmm. If 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 we just continue to gavel, galvanize people and build on this movement around uh, social justice and economic equality and reversing systemic racism, we'll continue to make progress in, in this country. Or we can we can fight another another civil war over the same thing that mm-hmm. we fought a civil war uh, about uh, more than two hundred years ago. Years ago, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, I don't know. I think it's it's you know you you think why did this happen? Well, maybe it was supposed to happen. You know, it was it maybe this was supposed to happen um, in order to you know continue start will continue will really have this dialogue. Um, yeah, and 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 what I hope we don't know. see, um, but it is a legitimate concern, is a sort of pendulum swing, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. our country swung toward Trump, uh, and and mm-hmm. Trump uh, th- Trump wasn't an accident. Trump Trump was mm-hmm. a pushback against Obama and everything that he he represented. You know this yeah. kind of this kind of. Uh, cultural and economic ascension that white people thought that black people enjoyed when Obama was president like he was literally hanging handing out 40 acres in the mule, mule to every black mule person. to everybody um and, well, and that, that and that didn't happen but you know no. in their eyes you know they you know uh, a lot of white people you know just kind of culturally saw this or uh, perceived that there was this ascension of uh black people under Obama and you know listen there were economic gains for all people under Obama but black people are still at the bottom of that economic ladder yeah and we're still fighting to be able to climb up on a rung of that economic ladder um, mm-hmm. let alone you know you know just undercut all of the threads of systemic racism that exist in the society. And so, you know, this characterization that, you know, Black people are suddenly the, uh, you know, that white people are suddenly the victims of, uh, of American society is, you know, just super gaslit, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's um, you know I, I, I'm getting ready to say something that's so cliche that white people say well you know I have black friends well you know what the heck I have white friends and uh, of white friends that we've had these conversations um, about race and you know they are just like embarrassed and just they don't understand like how we got here just just don't understand how we got so here. I, I think um, I think Pam a lot of times uh to the, to your point about your white friends and, and my white friends that are embarrassed you know what I said to one of my high school friends that I grew up with over the summer was she's just astounded that so many uh of her friends and relatives are saying these really ignorant things about the black people uh that wind mm-hmm. up dying at the hands of police and the black lives matter movement and mm-hmm. he asked me because you know if if your white people in your life are being real with you they will talk to you and ask you real questions even if they're uncomfortable mm-hmm. questions right she right. said i don't know what i can do and i said you know what you can do Every time you see somebody in your family or somebody in your friend we'll circle say yes. something that is Correct racist, it. yes, you need to call them out. You need to call them <laughs> out. Me. Exactly. I said, That's don't, it. don't, don't, yeah. don't think in the vein of peace. You're going to hold your tongue. You don't do that. If your uncle says mm-hmm. something racist and you know it's racist, you tell him that it's racist and you don't want to hear it. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Because you cut it off. That's how. Exactly. Yeah, I, it's, it's something exactly. that I like to call passive agreeance, right? If you don't say that it bothers you, people think, oh, you agree with it. You agree with it. Exactly. Exactly. You address it right there. And you, you say, you know, you call it out and you call it what it for what it is. Um, and you stop it right there. That's how a lot of this will mm-hmm. stop within, you know, within family. And you know what? Maybe you never change, you never change a mind. But what you did was establish a boundary. That's right. right. Uh, that around me, you were not going to talk. If you want to be around uh, me. Mm-hmm. You're not. You're not gonna mm-hmm. talk that way. You're not gonna refer to yeah. uh, to people that way. You know. Listen, I, I tell my kids. You know. You don't want anybody calling you the N word. You don't call them the H word. Right. Right. Because it goes. It both goes. Ways, bo- it goes right? both ways. But but it but goes, that both, goes ways. both ways. But listen. This 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 perception that um, there's suddenly some black privilege it's not a thing Mm. it is not a thing there is no marker in American society where black people are doing better than white people Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. no because we always have to do triple time is better and you you see these people you know this kind of um, you know uh, angry uh, you know Q Anon and, and Republican, you know, cult of Trump supporters spouting this bullshit. Sorry. Oh. Uh, that, you know, that, that there's black privilege or that uh, white people are being discriminated against. Yeah. You know what I want to do? Yeah. Every time they say that, I want to give them a dictionary and say, look up discrimination because you have no idea what it yeah. is if you think white people are being yeah. discriminated against in this country. Yeah. Well, a lot of it is that people are not educated just, you know, about either, you know, the history or even facts. Um, It's just best to share, you know, these conspiracy theories and these ignorant uh, ideologies. Ideology. Because because essentially Um, what they're doing is just, you know, and, 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 you know, listen, I don't. I don't know that I believe that there should be any stipulations on who uh, who can uh, on the educational requirements of uh, uh, U.S. Uh, congr- uh, congressional representatives. But the fact mm-hmm. of, matter, of the matter is, uh, uh, Lauren Bulbert from uh, Florida uh, mm-hmm. got a GED. That's as far as she got mm. in terms of education, mm. and this mm. this woman is a congressman, uh, is a congressperson yeah. from congresswoman. from the yeah. uh, from Colorado's third district, um, mm-hmm. and spouts the most ignorant, the most bizarre uh, uh, theories, and also is a believer believer in QAnon. Mm. Right, that, and that how, how like can that you be that in the House of Representatives? And in these the House are of the kinds of exactly. extremists that the Republican Party are are holding up as as their representatives are advancing as their representatives. Yeah, 
And see that that's the part that I don't like. It's it's gone beyond, uh, you know what our what the Constitution is is was written for. It, it's 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 like hate now. It's just it's just yeah. hate. <laughs> it's you know it's just hate. Yeah. It's not about you know good right. It's just hate. And whatever, you know, the, the, the worst ideology that I can spew and, and, and put out is is the more votes that I, I mean, it's just, it's, it's just sad. And I, I know for me, I know as, as a United States citizen, I am tired of yeah. it. it. It's, it's like, I enough. mean, it's exhausting. It's exhausting. It's exhausting. It's like enough. Like, damn, y'all beat us into, you know, 400 years into slavery, then when you supposedly freed us, then we, we, we still got our asses beat and hung and uh, houses burned, churches burned, little children burning up in churches. And then we couldn't, then you stopped us, you know, with voter suppression and then you, the fear of all that. And then now we move. I mean, it's like, really? Yeah. And it's like, how do you, how do you, I, I mean, any educated person at this point in the game can Google slavery, civil rights movement, voters' right, all of that. They can Google all of it. Information is right yeah. there. I mean, it's yeah. right there. So you either choose to not want to know what happened. Like, ooh, isn't there a little voice inside you that says, let me just really find out if slavery really happened? Because, you know, there's conspiracy theories about if the Holocaust even happened which that's ridiculous I think they have photographs of that but anyway um, it, it's either you choose to believe it or you choose not to yeah for me it is so, a choice you choose to believe it or you just yeah, choose not it, to what happens what we see here a lot of times is just this willful ignorance and the narrative that gets uh, portrayed about black people a lot is that they want to play the victim the reality is that what we're seeing now is that there's a new class of American citizen, uh, of white American citizen, that wants to have everybody believe that they're a victim. Yeah. And we and, and the narrative is we have to pay attention to the Trump voters. For what? If if you're in the middle of the street screening screaming obscenities and absurdities why should anybody pay attention to you yeah just because you're loud yeah. it doesn't make you right 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 yeah it's it's just crazy um i think i i literally going back to january 6th you know i was at home and you know CNN was on and I was you know doing something and then my attention went to I'm like wait a minute you know you saw I called them little Spider-Man monkeys climbing up there I'm like what in the mm-hmm. hell mm-hmm. I mean I literally felt sick to my stomach like you know oh so did I I mean and, and it literally felt like I was watching a protest that was happening in another country I was just like oh my god exactly not the United States of America where it was clearly you know uh allowed I mean there were there was some pushback you know but then there was clearly 
you know, they were allowed to go past the barriers and I, and I'm like, could you even imagine it? You know, the billion dollar question it was, could you imagine if that was Black Lives Matter? Would they even gotten past yeah. the barrier? You yeah. know, the barrier. Would they even gotten up the, and, and, the steps? And, and we all know how that turned out. Listen, they have example of example of example of Black people who um, got close to the Capitol. Didn't even get in. Yeah. Got close to the Capitol. Right. And were shot or right. stopped or, you know, and... Yeah. And yeah. and so none of that happened, and um, it's sad. And I mean, yeah. And any person, white, black, I don't care. Looking at that on January sixth, another thing that happened that maybe was supposed to happen because it's like, you know, I always look at things from a, a universal spiritual uh, position, mm-hmm. and you know, God is like, because I believe mm-hmm. in God, of okay. course many people whoever you you know you out there you believe in but I believe in God and it's like okay you know George Floyd wasn't enough of a bump on the head or mm-hmm. you know Ahmaud Aubrey and Breonna Taylor and countless others was not a bump on the head you know maybe now let me let me do this bump on the head I, I mean I don't know it's like what, what do I need to do to get y'all's attention I done sent a pandemic dag on it and y'all they still can't get it together and now I'm just going to send people up into the government. Like, I, I think of things like that. I, I don't know. That's just how I process why all this shit's happening. Yeah. It's just crazy. Yeah. It's so, just you know, crazy. we, we uh, Pam, the reality is we don't know. We don't know what it all means. You know, at the end of the day, I'm a person, as you know, I'm a Christian. Uh, but I cuss. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I ain't gonna lie. Jesus turned... Jesus turned the table over in, in the That's temple, right. so he he did you know. Jesus, so it's Jesus okay. had a little come come on with it if you want in his That's right. That's right. So let me That's just right. say I cussed, um, and I enjoyed my cocktails, but I try to live right, and I also <laughs> have these moments like I was thinking today that um, I feel so tremendously blessed that God has had His uh, cloak of protection around me. And my mm-hmm. kids, and also that God, this is my testimony, and I can tell you that I don't do it because I will be showered with blessings, but I have mm-hmm. noticed that the side effect to being generous with other people during this time of tremendous upheaval and yeah. and um, and illness and despair is that God just sat, showers down his blessings on me. So as often as I yeah. can, Pam, Mm-hmm. As often mm-hmm. as I can, I look for opportunities to be good to people. I look for opportunities to invest in people, mm-hmm. to do, and you've heard me talk about this yeah. before, to do br- uh, business with my brothers and sisters, because I know that Black businesses are struggling disproportionately mm-hmm. during this pandemic. I don't care if, yeah. just, if your side gig, your main gig, your hobby, if you, you have something that you make that I enjoy, I'm going to buy it. And I'm going to pay mm-hmm. what it costs. I'm not going to ask you to give me the deep discount because we were college roommates. It costs what it yeah. costs. Right. Uh, and right. so in addressing the aspect of faith and all that we're going through, what I say is be confident that God has your back. Uh, he mm-hmm. knows what all your concerns are. Uh, he knows uh, 
everything and the outcome of everything. And uh, when you pray, you should do it confidently that God hears your prayers. Uh, it, it does yeah. not always mean that you will get the answer that you are asking for, but it, that also does not mean that he didn't hear you when you asked for it in the first place. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and that's my, that's my church for the day. Yeah. Yeah. You, you have to, uh, keep that God and, and just your, your spirituality in check, especially, you know, in these times. Um, every day I always, I tell people, you know, when my feet touch the ground, when I get out of bed, it's, it's thanking God for another day to see another day, to be here with my family. So, um, because it could, it could be a totally different outcome and totally different outcome. So I, like you try to live and do the right things. I'm not perfect. I cuss too. I get mad too and I will you know call someone a you know what in a minute but um on the on the real you know in terms of my compassion and, and my empathy you know I I try to live that way every day and um and I think uh that's is the only way to get through or how I've gotten through this past year and I can say that I have some hope um that that we're gonna see brighter days ahead, and that and that's all that's all you have is, is your it's, faith. That's all you have to operate on. Yeah, is your faith and your hope, and like you said, be good to yourself, be good to that temple, this this shell that that we live in, which is our shell, um, and to be good to it, and uh, and and just love on you, love on your family, love on your children, love on each other. And you know, that that's all yeah, we can do. You know, and, 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 and at the end of the day, you have a finite amount of energy. What I have learned, especially recently, is that I'm not gonna waste a whole bunch of energy arguing with Trump supporters online because I could do it all day. <laughs> I did that last week. Listen, I could do it all day, every day. But yeah, listen, I did it last week. I have but, a you know, finite amount of energy <laughs> and I will not waste the better part of my yeah. day arguing yeah. with people who are who are married to their ignorance. I'm just not doing it. Yeah, you can't do it. You can't do it. Uh, and you on another note, uh, and I'll say this uh, because I'm pretty sure that you're not in front of a computer. I tend to multitask, so you have to forgive me for that. Mm-hmm. Cicely Tyson just passed away. No freaking no. Yes. Oh yes. She just turned what? 99? 96 and she just passed away. Oh my god. Talk about And she queen. was just on the cover of some magazine. I can't remember what it was. Yes, she was just I just saw something maybe Oprah was interviewing her and she just she just had her birthday mm-hmm. she just had her birthday I want to say within the last week or two and wow yeah wow so um you know I gotta tell you that Ugh. when uh, I'd like to think that we're Cicely Tyson my daughter just yep. texted me 
Cicely Tyson yeah, died. Yeah, I'd like to think that when twenty, uh, when the when the remnants of twenty twenty uh, work their way through twenty twenty one, it will leave us with some icons that we love because we've lost too many. Yeah, you know, from Kobe to yeah, and you know, and, 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 and the one the one year anniversary of Kobe and Gianna's death was actually Dan- January twenty sixth was the one year anniversary, yeah. and I remember yeah. getting up that morning and watching the news, thinking the mm. whole thing was surreal. It just didn't seem real, and mm. like a lot of other people, I felt like I knew them personally, had never met him, and wasn't a huge huge fan exactly, um, but it just felt like such a personal loss. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my goodness. What what a queen. Can we talk about Miss Jane Pittman? Can we talk about that was my first awareness of Cicely Tyson. Yeah. Miss Jane Pittman. And I mean I was probably elementary, middle school, maybe. Um, of her acting from that to roots and countless, 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 and never had a scandal, was a queen and was was just just exude class. Oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. And a sorority sister, an honorary member of Delta Sigma Theta. But yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Well, this has been absolutely uh what's the word? <laughs> um <laughs> it has been absolutely all over the place. It, but... it, it has been all over the place. <laughs> Um, I, I, I think you can't talk about 2020 without, you know, falling into the political pool. I mean, you, you just can't you, you because can't. We, we, we have, we are just that aware now. And, um, but again, you know, hope and faith. Hope Keep and faith. Hope, that, that's hope those, and faith. Those right there are keys and, you know, and just, um, Remember, uh, Pam, that everybody is going through a tough time um, and try to extend some grace to yourself and to other people. Um, yeah. Unless they demonstrate that they're not interested and then you just move on. But you got to yeah. try to extend grace to other people. Yeah. Yeah. Because you never know what the other person is dealing you, with you do right? not know what other people are dealing you, with and you know from the outside no it could look like they have it all together and nobody's worried about a thing in the inside they're just yeah crumbling and dying and mentally i know it's hard for people but um so you know extend some grace and and that's it wow i i want to tell i you know I, I was talking to um i was on the podcast before you came on and um was talking about again you know uh if anyone is out there that you may know or you aware of family member co-worker whoever neighbor that may be um uh thinking suicide or even you know whatever it is you don't have to figure it out you just need to uh call get, either give them the the national hotline um, for suicide and um, give have you know have them call because you know it, it is just a trying 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 times that we are living in um, and we have got to take care of each other so that number to the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline is 
273-8255. And then there is also the crisis text line. Um, you text HOME, H-O-M-E, to 741-1741. And if you believe that a youth, um, and either youth or and or adult, is in, um, at immediate risk of suicide, you just call 911. Okay, Stacy, this has been great. I, I wanted to tell, um, I did not introduce you in the beginning as my college roommate, but um, this is my college roommate, freshman year, second semester, moved in with her because my roommate broke my TV and did not know how my TV ended up on the floor. <laughs> So I lived across the hall from Stacy, who I, I don't, who did not have a roommate, and we moved in and we stayed roommates for on campus for quite some time, and then even um, rented a house off post. And so it, it's just been uh, wonderful. And I know we've had gaps in times where we had disappeared from each other for just because life took us different ways or whatever, but we came back together as if those gaps were not even present. So I, I just want you to know that I appreciate you and I love you and um, you are awesome. And anytime, anytime you want to come back on Women Are Talking and just have a chat. Ha- happy to do about, that, Rumi. Uh, you, you know yeah, I'm happy to do that. You come right on back. Yeah, I, I really do appreciate it because um, I just think that you know, you got got to talk through this stuff because Lord have mercy. But, you know, we, we're going to keep hope alive as Jesse Jackson used to say back in the day. And um, and we're going to keep our faith at the forefront and, and know that, you know, all will be okay. We are going to do that. And thank you for having me on today. You are very welcome, my dear. And you have a wonderful, wonderful rest of the week. Um, say hello to your boys. I will boys do that. And, um, I- Okay, if you are interested in doing a podcast, uh, Anchor is the one for you. Anchor is a platform that is user friendly for those that are very in the very beginning stages of podcasting. It has everything that you need in terms of recording, maintaining a library of your episodes of your podcast, as well as transition music. Um, and you also can make money off of uh, off of your episodes um, by using Anchor. So, uh, yeah, Anchor. <laughs>